Carnivorous couch, it happens once a week It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak Carnivorous couch With Brady and Rob Hey everybody, hey everybody, hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Carnivorous Couch, the spoilerful film podcast. Actually, <laughs> there's no way I can do it without getting all mush mouth. The spoilerful film podcast, where we do a film a week from two film geeks. This week we did 2003's Stuck on You, which is not what I thought it was all these weeks that you were suggesting it. I thought it was 1982's Stuck on You. And who is in that? Uh, I don't know. I don't recognize any of the okay. names. But but that one's got an explanation a point, a, a point at the end. Oh. Stuck on You! Emphatic. And it's actually the plot and synopsis. And the U is underlined. We're about to do the plot synopsis of this film, which will do much longer than this one that I'm going to give for that thing, which is... Two, uh, mar- a married couple goes to a family court, and then the judge shows them couples throughout the ages. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every episode we should tell them a movie we are not reviewing. <laughs> we are not reviewing Cannibal Corpse from well, the 70s. I, I don't know. Somehow I was aware of the, the existence of this particular Well, it has the same title. Yeah, but I mean, I didn't I didn't know about the movie we actually watched. The uh you know, ninth film or whatnot directed by the two brothers uh Farrelly. The brothers Farrelly. <laughs> yes. And you know their first names. Bobby and Peter. Ah yes, and, and uh, yeah, wait, no, Bobby and Peter are the names of the brothers in who are conjoined. No, no, that's and Bob and Walt. Oh. Bobby and Peter, all right, I think most people know this, but, but we are here to educate. And We're Bobby here. directed Green Book. Yeah, that is correct. I knew all about that. You, did, I, I, you were learned. <laughs> you are a learned man, especially when it comes to the Farrelly Brothers. Uh, but folks, for anyone who doesn't know, the Farrelly Brothers uh, are famous for their um, mostly sweet-natured, but very scatological and slapsticky comedies, well, such as Dumb and... Hold on, let me tell them what they did. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber, something about Mary, uh, and uh, they made a really bad movie that I kind of had my first sexual experience to, <laughs> called Say It Isn't So. More on that after understudy. No, no, no more on that. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I had my first, my first action in a movie theater seeing Say It Isn't So with Heather Graham and Kevin Kline. Or no, not Kevin Klein. I'm Whoa, sorry. you had your first Chris sexual Klein. experience with Heather Graham? <laughs> and Chris Klein. <laughs> and Sally Field. <laughs> she was there. Mostly to give motherly support. She was just support. watching the movie, though. <laughs> You're doing a good job. That's not what Sally Field sounds like. <laughs> no, that sounds like... Uh, You're doing a good job. Yeah, that sounds like the secretary of uh, the lawyer and liar liar. Oh, yet Mr. Reed... I had to pay the burglar. I'm doing a good job. I'm doing a good job. And because of people like you, I won't get paid as much as you. Mr. Reed, I have white hair and a bun, Mr. Reed. Mr. Reed? Mr. Reed. Mr. Mr. Reed. Ruth Ann from uh, Northern Exposure. Oh, is she in Northern Exposure? I believe so. That's cool. Then that's... 
Well, no, okay. But last last week we watched No Country, which also had a Northern Exposure guy. Yeah, yeah Maurice. Maurice. La Mancha. No, wait, that's the no, That's a voice actor. <laughs> that's a voice actor. That's a brain. I know that voice. Uh, so, yes. Um, but yes, you're right, Rob. Peter Farrelly, uh, without his brother, uh, directed 2016's Green Book, for which he won Best Picture. A controversial decision, but he, uh, like it or not, a Farrelly brother is an Oscar winner. Very nice. Yeah, the thing I was going to say is that it, it, they're mostly known for kind of um, just, like, gross-out humor. Yes, um, well... Hey, wait, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all of their comedies have a level of gross-out, but they're, they're interesting to me because there's... A, and I'll get more specific into this, but there's a sweetness with them. Like, there's a, a sweet-naturedness. They do like to embarrass their characters, but... Like, it never comes off to me as quite as, uh, what's the word, you know, like, cynical and, like, mean-spirited as in, say, like, an American Pie movie right. or something like that. Yeah, they, but... They like their characters. Right. I'd say that much. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, there's the zipper scene in uh, 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 yeah. Something About Mary <laughs> is one of their most famous scenes. Uh, it is. Um, there's the um, other things as well, the... Uh, the eye drop stuff on the floor scenes. Um, no, what what am I thinking of? Uh, you thinking of the the, the hair the gel? Jizz, yes, yeah, the, the jizz. jizz hanging off the ear thing, and um, you know, I don't know. There's some stuff in Dumb and Dumber. Me, myself, and Irene has quite a few of them, and and this and that. Yeah, that's true. Well, why don't you go ahead and plot synopsize this? Uh, not very gag filled film. More uh, of no. a more of a character piece i would say a story about about some papers and it's kind of cool it's a yeah it's a story about some people with you know with a few fairly uh gross outer slapstick gags but you know they're not even that bad not really yeah in fact the first one's kind of fun because we open up in martha's vineyard massachusetts you know big big tourist town kind of cape cod-esque place and we meet bob and walt tenner they are two conjoined twins played by Greg Kinnear and Matt Damon. And uh, they own a burger restaurant, a little little burger shack together, where they work in the kitchen. And every day they do a test where they have to get the food ready in three minutes, no matter how many orders it is, or that table's order yeah, is free. It seems like people can just opt to, like, be like, I'm hitting the bell. Right. Well, I mean, I think it's everyone, anyone who orders, but the people we meet who seem to be their friends... They're like 15 of them or like 10 of them. So they're they're what they call testers because they're like, okay, we're going to put in a mega order and see if they can do this. Yeah, I mean, at least the waitress gets to hit the bell. Uh, yeah. Which starts the timer because otherwise just repeating back to them all the stuff is going to knock 10 seconds off the allotted time. Oh, yeah, you could just filibuster and have a three-minute long order. Yeah. Doesn't seem fair. It's not sporting. No, anyway. it it doesn't work like U.S. government. It's fair. So yeah, the <laughs> the first kind of wacky gag we get is just seeing them like working in tandem, pre- preparing all these burgers. You know, um, well, but it's kind of silly. It's kind of silly and fun. It's just like a a fast food prep scene. They're chopping a bunch of tomatoes. Hey, 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't find that slapstick. I just found that to be like, look, they work real good together. But it's it's like the Farrelly's thing of like, ooh, look at this like very busy physical set piece we're doing. I refuse to look at it, Brady. Look at it! No! Kiss! Acknowledge the truth. Okay, but Walt has another job. Not one that pays, perhaps, but it is his love. He loves the theater. Theater! Uh, and uh, every year he appears in uh, like a one-man show. Uh, he's kind of the town's celebrity. Everyone comes to see him perform. And uh, Oh, no, did I say Bob? Because I meant Walt. Uh, Walt, uh, this year, is performing as Truman Capote in a one-man show based on the author, Truman Capote. Sometimes when you say show, I think of Jimmy Carson. The like show? In, in a one-man show. We got a good show. Sorry to derail you. Go ahead. No, no, but what we learn is uh, that Walt very much wants to be an actor, while his brother Bob is terrified of being in the spotlight. Because uh, every year before they have to go on stage, he gets panic attacks and has to hyperventilate into a bag. Uh, so, you know, a crucial bit of character detail that will be important to the story. One of them is a shrinking violet who just wants to live in a small town. The other, Walt, he tells Bob the day after the play, I want to finally do it. I want to go to Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, they're very much two sides of the same coin. It's like, this is this one's obviously outgoing. This one, like, can't even really ask a girl out or, or whatnot. You know, it's definitely taken care of that way. Absolutely. And so he reluctantly, Walt reluctantly gets Bob to agree to go at least spend a few months out in Los Angeles where he's going to make a, a college try of being an actor. And so they go there, and we... We zoom over the Sunset Strip to the strains of Moon River, uh, which I note uh, interesting because Moon River and Truman Capote is in this movie. Yeah, this had good, good music. Uh, it, yeah, it starts with uh, Pixies, "Here Comes Your Man." That's a great song. Yeah, I, I like this soundtrack actually. Yes. And the movie ends with a an over the credit song sung by. Uh, country singers who are two conjoined twins. We'll talk about that. The that's, that's right. They didn't mention them even in the film. Oh, did they? Oh, you're right. They do. And that's them. Yeah. Oh, my God. I never put that together. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So they get to Hollywood and they check into a little, you know, two-bit fleabag motel called the Riviera. Uh, it's run by a man named Mo who is... Uh, a screenwriter, but he's been working on the same script for two years, <laughs> and he mostly sleeps and tries to avoid his wife, who wants him to finish the script. Exactly. He draws his eyes on his eyelids. He draws eyeballs on his eyelids. So that he can close them, and everybody goes, that dude's asleep. That, that I mean, dude right there? No, he's, he's awake. awake. Look at him. Look at him. His eyes are unblinking open. eyes. Yes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the other thing we learn, another reason that kind of sweetens the deal for Bob agreeing to go to L.A. is that Bob has a three-year friendship online with a young Chinese woman and uh, who he's got a crush on, and they kind of have a crush on each other. And he'll get to actually meet her if he goes to L.A. because she lives there. Right. And so they get there, and uh, the nice thing is before things get kind of sticky, uh, they at least meet a friend. They meet a woman named April, 
played by Ava Mendes, who was a huge rising star in the early to mid-aughts. And kind of, you know, one of her coming out moments. Uh, I'm not like, I haven't seen enough of her. I don't think I'm like a super fan, but I think she's kind of nice in this role. Yeah, I like her. Uh, she was, you know, seemed like she should be there. She's relaxed <laughs> and she's playing a, a person. Uh, I like it. She's, yeah. She adds a good flavor to the sauce. Yeah, she's she's kind of their mentor. It's like, this is how you get into L.A. This is who you talk to and blah, blah, blah. Don't talk to this guy. Anyway, here's his number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to my shitty agent, played by Seymour Castle, uh, a character actor I love, who was in the Royal Tenenbaums as the uh, one of the hotel bell, bellbops. Yeah, bell, miss, missing bell a couple of teeth on the bottom there. I'm missing a couple of teeth in my mouth, but that's not important. Here's what's important. $50 a week. <laughs> Oh, and yeah, I I love the line where it's like, all right, I'm I'm a real super agent, so that means I get twenty five percent. And Bob's like, eh, okay, but like in ex- return for that, what does Walt get? He's like seventy five percent. I I will say right off the bat, I like this as a Hollywood movie. I do. Yeah, they definitely did that. They they. They let us into Hollywood and kind of go like, all right, so you're going to live in the rising star, basically, like, mm-hmm. motel accommodation. It's not a motel. It's an apartment complex, but there's a whole bunch of places uh, like that. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. It looks so much like a motel down to, like, the stars on the doors that yeah. I was, like, not sure. Yeah, there's just no kitchens. Uh, yeah. It, it seems like there's not a kitchen. Right. Because that's what I was thinking. You have a stove in the corner. I wasn't sure if it was an apartment or like one of those like Florida project, like a hotel that basically is just people living in it twenty four seven. I think for the movie people who made the film that it's essentially like remember when we all came here and we did this and we lived in shitty little yeah (laughs) with a pool. We've we even got a pool. Looks like the filthiest, most horrible pool ever. Scum floating on the top. But so Walt is very optimistic about it. He's like, oh, yeah, barbecue pit. Cool. So anyway, they, um, they, get, they get an agent. They get an agent, and they start going on auditions. Maybe predictably, it does not go well. Yeah, everyone's like, what, what did you do? Uh, you did cont- no. <laughs> You're, this is a joke. You're pranking us. Right. Where's Ashton Kutcher? We're being punked. Yeah, there's that one scene in there uh, where he's auditioning for Robin Hood, and, and the guy just starts laughing. He's like, okay, who puts you up to this? Who paid you to come to you this? That's totally what his voice sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> who did that? Who? But eventually they get a little bit of luck when their agent lands them uh, a role, lands Walter a role in a movie called Pavlov's Dog. Uh, but it turns out not to be Pavlov's Dog. Pavlov's Dong. Dong. A yes. porno. And on their way there, they bump into Cher when they go to the wrong studio that looks like a movie studio across the street. Yeah, Cher's got a little boutique office called Cher the Wealth. This movie's got some good signs. Yeah. And a little Simpsons gags. Hey, the sign, sign maker's got to get paid. Sign maker's got to get paid. Because soon they won't be paid because people will just, I don't know, 3D print their sign or it'll just be a hologram. Yeah, change is coming to the sign industry. Uh, so, uh, and around the same time, they also meet Mei Fong for the first time, and Walt learns the horrible truth, which is Bob has not disclosed that Walt even exists. He's doctored his photos to cut him out of them, 
And so they have to have a little, you know, a little sneaky date where they pretend that Walt is just really clingy and always by Bob's side. Uh, yeah, I don't understand how that worked, but, you know, suspension of disbelief and all that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's Marx Brothers physics. It's, it works because, <laughs> because it's in the script and they can have the character just not notice it. Right. Uh, and, you know, they, ha- they have a sweet little awkward date and they kiss goodnight and uh, we meet Mei Fong, and she's a nice, she's a nice young Chinese woman. Yeah, I kind of feel like your mic's cutting out a little bit. Let's stand up for okay. a second and scoot the couch back. Can you hear me now? Yes. Now we're good. Oh, what was that pop? Okay. So, so you know, it's the old Hollywood thing of they say you know you just have to be in the right place, and that's how it happens. Uh, Walt's right place is running into a very angry, cranky Cher who basically treats them like shit, but luckily for them is also trying to get out of a shitty TV contract for a show called Honey and the Bees, which uh, sounds kind of like it's like she's a lawyer and it's a very CBSE procedural kind of thing. Yeah, like uh, forensic investigator. Exactly. Lawyer, lady, and then there's sort of a almost like black exploitation era thing to it, but it's share. So <laughs> yes, testy mismatched team that also maybe wants to do each other kind of thing. You know, you've just watched CBS. You That's know not I'm a normal about. thing. Certainly not on a CBS station. I hate you, and I'll never agree to work with you. Oh wait. Sorry, I guess they're called Viacom CBS now. Uh, sure. I, I trust you to keep us honest on all the corporate shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I work there. Let's not bring work home to my <laughs> other work with me. All right. You don't bring work home to work. That's hey, this is work, man. I know. <laughs> I'm saying don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, so... So what happens is Cher has a provision in her contract that says she can choose her co-star. And so she basically is pulling like a a producer's, right? She's trying on purpose to make the shittiest show possible. And she figures, okay, this conjoined twin who, you know, hasn't worked a day in Hollywood, I'll use him. That'll tank the show. But as it turns out, which we already know from seeing him on stage, Walt isn't a bad actor. He's, He's a good actor. And so that's not really working. I don't know how Greg Kinnear pulled that off. Oh, which part? What? Seeming like a good actor? Oh, Kinnear. Kinnear. No, I love love Greg Kinnear, too. (laughs) I just thought it was a funny thing to say. Sorry, Greg. I'll see you on Tuesday (laughs) for coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I, I love Greg Kinnear. But you're right. Like He's the kind of actor that can get made fun of because he's so squeaky. He's just like... Squeaky. Squeaky clean. Squeaky clean. Uh, yeah, love I can him feel myself slowly fading away, <laughs> like Greg Kinnear. <laughs> so, with well, you know, the other tactic Cher takes is Bob starts complaining about the bad script while he's on set, and the director, played by Griffin Dunn, uh, a very good actor, is um, freaking Griffin. Freaking Griffin Dunn. Okay, I'll see you for beers on 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 Wednesday. <laughs> um. I'm just going to keep pretending I know all these people. I'm going to work on not saying um so much. Um, 
That's so, not as entertaining. That's not as entertaining. Um, so, yes. What happens then, Brady? What happens then is, having overheard that Bob thinks the script is dog shit, the Griffin Dunn character... Oh, no, you know what? Griffin Dunn, I think, is playing himself in this. Uh, so he's playing Griffin Dunn, who is now a television director. He's not like that in real life at all. <laughs> I don't know. He's had a long career. But he says, okay, you think you're hot shit? Like, you think you can do better? And Cher's like, yeah! You know what? That's the next move to tank this thing. Let's yeah. have a non-writer be the writer. I think it's I think it's mostly like absolutely not is his viewpoint, but shares uh, like yeah no we're gonna do it yeah no it's and happening. somehow he does it anyway so I think it's because they subcontracted to Mo the screenwriter their their uh, landlord. No, no, somehow Griffin Dunn just lets them do that oh. even though he's very very much against it and he's the director. Yeah, he kind of... <laughs> I don't know if that was in her contract. <laughs> right. Like, all right, we let Cher write a shitty contract. It says she can do anything. <laughs> I, th- I, I think at this point, it, he's just like, I want to go home, so I don't want to argue anymore. That's a wrap, everybody. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. All right, that's lunch. So, yeah, but I think they have Mo, the dormant screenwriter, do the script. And the script turns out to be good. Because they're able to see that it's a bad show and kind of have fun with it and critique it. Uh, And so, yeah, everything's on the up and up and the show's doing well. Uh, But the next thing that happens, and we don't find out it's her, but obviously it's her, is I think Cher exposes that they're conjoined twins. You know, that's her next play. Uh, By the way, Cher, uh, as you pointed out, Rob, super good sport in this because she is literally, for most of this, playing the heel. But, I mean, I think that was kind of her rep anyway, so she's like, whatever, I'll play the rep that I have, mm-hmm. like, which is being kind of bitchy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I love Cher's work in the 80s. Um, I love her. She's so good. <laughs> well, at any rate, um, let's keep so, it But so, yes, yeah, she blows their cover, and all the sponsors pull out of the show, and it looks like that's going to be it. But uh, April... Ava, Men- Ava Mendez's character, Ava April, Mendes. goes like, no, no, don't deny, 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 which the agent suggests. Yeah. He, he says, you know, I worked with Rob Hudson. It. Yeah. And she's like, no, yeah, like, lean into that shit. And so they do, and, and that works. Like, Walt becomes a super celebrity. Well, obviously, deny, deny, deny wouldn't work because people would be like, you're denying what's, what I can plainly yeah. <laughs> see. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how they figured that one. Right. But, but okay, but this brings, as much as it saves the show, it th- thrusts a hot light onto a character trait that we'd been already alerted to, which is that Bob doesn't like being in the media circus. He was fine doing the show, but now they're doing the talk show circuit, and suddenly he's a celebrity too because it's not just Walt is on this popular show, but he's a conjoined twin. Yeah, and Walt loves it. Uh, And Walt loves it, and and kind of maybe like teases Bob a little, like uses him for comedic fodder when they're on the circuit too. Yeah, the one joke that is at their own expense, he says on Jay Leno, which is like, ah, your memory's terrible, of course, you'd forget me if we weren't... uh, you know, if I wasn't attached to your body or yeah. something like that. <laughs> and so this brings shit to a head. And, oh, I, I don't think I said on this plot run-through. We've done a practice plot run-through. Uh, one of the things in their past is that Walt had considered 
having a surgery to separate them. The wrinkle of that is that while Bob would survive the surgery just fine, Walt, Walt would have has a 50-50 yeah, chance, yeah. 50-50 chance of dying from it. And even though Walt wanted to go through it, Bob won't accept it. He doesn't want to put his brother in danger. You know, for whatever reason, the guilt or just being a good brother, he won't do it. Now, all of a sudden, that topic's back on the table, and Walt's like, okay, now I really want to do it, because you are clearly miserable. Uh, you've been lying to your girlfriend, who has recently discovered us, and has run off, freaked out, now that she knows we're attached. Like, you're blowing up your entire life, and it's because I'm attached to you. We do this surgery. I have my career. You don't have to be a part of this big, glitzy Hollywood apparatus. Right, and we'll no longer be the sort of, like, Oh my God! Conjoined twin actors. Uh, da, 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 it's a novelty yeah. act, you know, like that sort of thing. No gimmick. City mouse can stay in the city. Country mouse or small town mouse can go back to the small town. It's just for the best. But Bob won't do it. So Walt decides, okay, I'm going to force you to by getting really drunk, uh, because the way their liver is shared, Walt will get to have all the fun being drunk. Bob gets the hangover. Yep. And they end up spending a night in jail. I don't really understand how that whole thing worked either, but <laughs> I, I think I would figure that if the liver's the attaching part and they both drink, then, or no, uh, if one, eh, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know enough about conjoined twins. Sorry, sorry, dear listeners. I did not do my research. I mean, let's see if I can, like... I don't think the Fairly Brothers did either, though. It just is. Suspend uh, yeah, your disbelief. Yeah, it just is. <laughs> I mean, I guess what, like, it goes into Bob's stomach so he gets to be drunk, but then it goes to the shared liver in the morning? I don't know. Well, it know. goes into the bloodstream, and then it goes to your brain. Yeah. Now, theoretically, they're sharing some bloodstream. Maybe the maybe their bloodstreams are, like, disconnected enough in their own separate spheres that that... I don't know. I've talked too long about this. Okay, done. Yeah, you know so what else? It's true. Believe it. <laughs> you know what else I haven't talked about at all is the bar fight scene? Because that scene is dumb. <laughs> but they get in a bar fight. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. With with May's shitty ex coworker. Well, like, the whole idea behind that was they're they're really good at fighting stuff off because you know they played sports and did all this physical stuff together their entire life. Yes. So they figured out how to be more as two than just as most people are as one. And so after the long drunken night of the soul, Bob is finally, er, and after they beat the shit out of each other on the L.A downtown LA courthouse lawn Bob's like fine I'll do it yes and they do and okay are you ready for the weirdest detail about this movie yes so they have the surgery and it goes fine obviously this movie isn't about, about except <laughs> for the part where, where they, they don't know where they put them in the hospital so they say we lost them yeah they do a Fairly Brothers joke a doctor comes up and is like I'm sorry I don't know I'm how to say this. <laughs> I'm afraid we've lost them. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a Fairly Brothers joke. It's a dad joke. Somebody sent them upstairs. Oh, okay, never mind. Oh, they're fine. What I like about that scene, though, is, like, how Ava Mendes plays it. Like, she pushes him. Yeah. Like, it's meant to be a joke, but she plays it real. It's like, fuck you, dude. That's not funny. Yeah. You, but s you said the wrong thing somehow. Do you know who that doctor was? Tim Meadows? <laughs> He's not known as an actor. Okay, who is it? Ben Carson. Oh, really? Yeah. Like the doc Dr. Ben Carson? Dr. Ben Carson, the uh, 
former presidential candidate who was put in charge of what HUD, the housing development by Trump. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's Ben Carson. And, and passed away from coronavirus. Oh no, that's Herman Cain. Carson's oh. alive. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you Ben Carson is alive and <laughs> mumbling something right now. Uh, so you can see I don't follow politics. That's fine. I'm inundated by it, as we all are. Uh, in America, politics follow you. Yes. So, uh, yeah, follows you home and steals your shit. So, they are now detached from each other. Uh, their lives can go on. Uh, Bob makes up with May. Yeah, he actually does that before the surgery. Um, and so he moves back to Martha's Vineyard with May, and they have a life together. And Walt uh, starts, you know, continues with the show. The problem for Walt is, and for both of them really, is that their rhythm is off without each other. Um, now, if you want to get, like, niggly uh, with, like, the plotting, you know, like, like we said about the kind of liver thing, what's also weird to me is, like, Okay, Bob now, like, isn't doing the stunts well because he doesn't have... Or Walt isn't. Right, he doesn't know how to do, yeah. like, and he's awkward. physical stuff without the like, weight of his brother to... Wouldn't a lot of that stuff be stunt double? Like, the karate kind of stuff he's doing? I, it, it seemed like when I was watching it that they just had him go, like, do something threatening and scary and be cool and, right. and, and stuff. And then he just kind of falls over and does weird things. And he's like, that wasn't scary. I guess it's less <laughs> that the stunt looks bad than that, like, the lead-up to the stunt, the part that he would be doing looks bad, because he's just, like, physically they're falling over. Yeah, I, I, I think it was obviously just not <laughs> suspend your disbelief, because theoretically, he wouldn't just do some random thing and then almost kick the person in the face. That's why these things are choreographed right. in movies, so that you don't actually hit the person and you put a sound effect and you make it look right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was <laughs> improvising it. Anyway, uh, so Walt's show actually gets canceled. And, and Bob's having it's his... It's bad now. It's bad now. And Bob's having his own tough time back home because he's trying to run his restaurant. But his rhythm's off in the kitchen because he's used to doing it with his brother. He doesn't have someone to pass burger patties to. Yeah, he has to do all of it himself. And, you know, and we get... A sad God, Matt Damon's such a wuss about that, cooking alone. <laughs> Damon, suck it up. Damon. Okay. Damon. And so April suggests, and then Cher later also suggests, like, oh no, April suggests, why don't you go home and see your brother? And at first Walt's kind of like, I don't know, I want to give them their time alone. And then he has a fateful lunch with Cher where she's like, look, like, your name's out there now. You're a good actor. This is what we do. Like, we get show's end, but, like, you're good. You're going to get another gig. Um, and, and yeah, uh, I don't know. I like yeah, that Yeah, that's scene. where Cher gets to look good. Cher gets to look good. She gets one of my favorite jokes in the movie, which is, like, Walt trying to ease her ego. is like, oh, you should have, like, a humanitarian award. And she's like, no, that's ridiculous. Wait, why? Am I up for one? Like, I love, there's a specificity to what Cher's doing where it's like, I, I like her thirst. Cher is very thirsty in this movie, and I dig it. Yeah, I mean, come on, she's Cher. She was on Sunny and Cher, like, way, 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 whenever, you know? She's an Oscar winner. True. Yeah. How do, what'd she win an Oscar for, song? Uh, Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Yeah, that's a, I love that movie. That's a great movie. Oh. 
Might submit that for a viewing soon. I, I just assumed it was music-oriented. Uh, no, in fact, that's the thing. She's got, like, a bunch of Oscar nominations in the 80s, and none of them are musical. Um, yeah, she. what can I say? She was hot in the 80s. It, it, you know, career-wise. Yes. Good-looking woman, too. True. It's true. So, after the boozing with Cher lunch, Walt does go back and surprises Bob. Hold on, did we lose you? Oh, I hope not. And how long ago did we lose me? I think just... No, no you're good. Okay, okay I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, so, but the advice Cher gives to Walt is, all right, if you're feeling stuck, like you're in limbo, what do I do next? The thing to do is, like, remind yourself what you actually love doing and then go do that. And so what happens is Walt goes home and does some more work on the stage, which, like, isn't this a thing where it's, like, kind of a myth to think that all actors are just based out of Hollywood? There are, like, a ton of actors who work in Hollywood but actually live all over the country, right? Right. You Absolutely. Know, pe- people who live in Texas and New York and Canada. And and so, like, it seems like what Bob's doing by the end is doing stage work, because I think that's what feeds his muse, but probably, you know, flying into L.A. for casting calls. Well, and they get Meryl Streep to come be in the play. Yeah, who uh, Meryl Streep we meet early in the film playing herself at a restaurant. Well, she decides that they were amazing. Yeah, she because they were conjoined twins who won a football game and homecoming way back when. Oh yes, and she saw it. And by this point, also he's a famous TV actor. No, not when he meets Meryl Streep. Oh no, not w- not when they first meet. But right. like, I bet I <laughs> digging into like the the logic of this movie. <laughs> yeah, we should stop doing that. <laughs> it's a Barely <laughs> Brothers movie. So so we close out with uh, with a very joyful um, musical of Bonnie and Clyde, as promised in the beginning of the film. With Walt playing uh, Clive, or Cl- yeah, Clive, right? Clive. Yeah, and Meryl Streep playing Bonnie, and they sing. Walt Cli- sings wait. a little Bonnie summertime. And Clyde. Clyde. Cli- it is Clyde. Yeah, no, it's not, not Clive. Clive. <laughs> it's not Clive Owen. <laughs> not Clive Owen. It's Bonnie and Clyde. Which is good, cause cause Clyde gets shot. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want Clive Owen to get shot. No. That would be sad. I can't, believe, like I can't believe you asked me that. And I can't be believe so I just cranky. went like, yeah, it's Clyde. I just assumed that they were doing some special <laughs> thing with it where... Yeah. Okay. Can you imagine how, how cranky <laughs> Clive Owen would be if you shot him? He would be so pissed off. Oh, dude. What did you fucking did do that for? Yeah. Do, you, do you believe... You had to shoot me, did you? I can't believe I'm shot. Th- this is inconsiderate. I'm not, I'm not fatally shot, but I'm bleeding fucking everywhere. I'm gonna punch you when I fucking gain some balance. Jesus, <laughs> give me a towel. So, yeah, that so sounds yeah, about like th- Clive th- Owen. So that's how stuck on you ends with the shooting of Clive Owen. No, with uh, the Bonnie and Clyde musical. And I, you know, I'm gonna say what the last shot is because I kind of like the last shot. It's just uh, as Walt leaves the stage, he breaks character to. Point at his brother and smile, and his brother stands up in the audience and points back. And they're they're happy. It's good. And then, yeah, then freeze frame. Don't you forget. No, oh wait, that didn't happen. <laughs> no, that's that's uh, Breakfast Club, where they also I thought it was Lunch Club, but anyway. Lunch, supper Club. Yeah. <laughs> Leonard Club. <laughs> Leonard Club. Brunch Club. 
Ooh, brunch club. Mm. I miss brunch. Uh, what you? We can make brunch. But but oh, you miss like the out and about getting yeah. the most. Uh, yeah, I do too. All right, uh, let's run off and do understudy. We're still in quarantine. Um, yes, yes, we are. Uh, well, not quarantine, but well, I hate how people call it quarantine. It's not quarantine. Lockdown. Quarantine is when you're the sick ones, and they keep you away from everybody else. Oh yeah, okay. At any rate, um, are you the first one or the second one in this? Uh, I'll let you pick. Okay, I'll be the second one. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, here we go with the intro for understudy. We're so sorry we couldn't get the actors to do the scene from this screenplay, but we've got two understudies, and to be honest, they're probably more famous anyway. So try to catch the actors, try to guess the movies. Tweet us at C A R N Y Couch. This game called Understudy is happening, happening, happening right now. I'm sorry to bother you, but I couldn't get the downstairs door open. Uh, I guess they sent me the upstairs key. I couldn't get the downstairs door open. I said, I, I guess they sent me the uh, upstairs key. I couldn't get the downstairs door open. I'm sorry to wake you. That's quite all right. It could happen to anyone, quite frankly, does. Good night. I, I, hate, to, uh, I hate to bother you. But if I could ask one more favor, could I use the phone? Sure, why not? Thank you. Well, this is a nice little place you've got here. You just moved in too, huh? No, I've been here for about a year. The phone's over there. Well, it was... Oh, I remember. I stuck it in the suitcase. Uh, kind of muffles the sound. I'm sorry? Is is he all right? Oh, sure, he's okay. Aren't you? Cat? Poor old cat? Poor slob? Poor slob without a name? The... The way I look at it, I I don't have the right to give this one. <laughs> uh, no, we uh we don't belong to each other. We just took up uh, the river one day, and I don't even want to see anything. And though I own a place where me and some things go together, I'm sure that's what that is. But I know it's like it's it's like Tiffany's. Tiffany's? You mean the jewelry store? That's right. I'm crazy about Tiffany's. Listen, you know these days when you get the mean reds. The mean reds. You mean like the blues? No, the blues are just because you're getting fat, or maybe it's been raining too long. You're just sad, that's all. Uh, the mean reds are suddenly afraid, and now you don't know where you are. <laughs> uh, don't, don't you ever get that feeling? Sure. When I get it, it's the only thing that does any good is to go jump in a cab and go down to Tiffany's. Calms me down right away. The quietness and proud look just... Nothing very bad could happen to you there. Um, if I could find a real-life place that made me feel like Tiffany's, then maybe I'd buy some furniture and give the cat a name. I'm sorry, you wanted something. Oh, the telephone! It's just that I'm supposed to meet somebody. I mean, this is ten o'clock Thursday evening, isn't it? I just got off a plane from Rome, and I'm not too sure. Thursday? Is this Thursday? I think so. Thursday? Oh, no! It's too gruesome! Well, uh, what's so gruesome about Thursday? Nothing, except I never remember when it's coming up. Wednesdays, I generally just don't go to bed at all because I have to catch the 1045. Now, are they so particular about visiting hours? Would you be a darling and look under the bed and see if you can find me a pair of those alligator shoes? Sure. 
I've got to do something about the way I look. I mean, a girl just can't go to the Sing Sing with a green face. Sing Sing. Sing Sing? Tweet us your answer at C-A-R-N-Y Yes, yes, that was understudy, and now it's over. But uh, we finally finished our plot synopsis, so let's do this part. Hey, 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 how do we like it? Ah, uh, let me go first. Go! Why don't you ask me how I like this movie? Oh, right, right. <laughs> Rob, how did you like this? I liked it. I'm surprised. I figured I wouldn't. And I was just like, oh, that was a sweet little movie. I took no yeah. notes. I just watched and enjoyed the movie. It was uh, it was good for a Sunday, which is today. That's when we're recording. You'll be listening on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, it is quite a Sunday movie, I will say. You can imagine it being on TBS. Did I pull anything out? No, you're fine. Okay, I'm good. Moon Day movies, buddy. <laughs> Moon Day. <laughs> Moon doggies. <laughs> Moon doggies. Um, yeah, no, I like the fact that pretty much none of the jokes were made at the expense of their disability. Um, the cast was well-rounded and believable. Like, all the ancillary characters, uh, I'm, I'm not saying that co- conjoined twins are unbelievable, but, you know, kind of as a plot base, mm-hmm. it's the most out-of-the-ordinary thing. It was nice to have all the other characters just also just be normal, everyday people uh, dealing with this, like, Hopefully mm-hmm. people would. Um, there was there were some odd things. We've mentioned some weird illogical things. Like there's uh, <laughs> when they first go to L.A., some guy like sticks his head out of the window and goes like, freaks, freak. I'm like, how could you tell? Yeah, they're wearing different clothing. It's Yeah, it's like, well, maybe they just thought they were gay. Because <laughs> some people in L.A. can be dicks like that, although I think it's the most welcoming place, right? Well, San Francisco, but... Uh. You know, I I don't consider San Francisco to be that anymore. Um, L.A. That's has got okay. a weird energy, but it, it is welcoming yeah, in its way. L- let's put it this way. If you're on the coast, that's the more welcoming place you could be if you're a homosexual. Oh, it, yeah, certainly, yes. So, San Francisco, uh, Los Angeles, uh, uh, New York, I can't stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> New York, thank you for Oh, wait. No, that's not what that accent was, was it? Did I get the wrong? I don't know. I I don't know. We shouldn't even be discussing this. So go on. Um. Yeah. No, I liked it. Good. 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 It gets a solid B. Right on. It's got a real B feel. Yeah, B feel. So that's is that my cue? Yeah. Now it's your turn. How'd you like this movie, Brady? Did Uh, I have a wasp feel to you? A wasp? Oh, is it? Mine had a real B feel. Oh. Um. To the extent that a wasp is a B plus, then yes. Uh, I almost want to plinus this, but I won't lie. Like it's still got those uh, those scenes that I feel like we don't need, which is more of the fairly pratfall. Hold on, let me ask you something. Is yeah. is the plinus higher than a plus? Yeah. And, it, oh, okay. I thought it was you just couldn't decide between B plus or uh, A minus, yeah. so you you put them together yeah, and they're all the same thing now. But what you're saying is there's B. B plus, then there's B plus, then there's A minus, uh, A minus then there's A. Yeah. You've just added another gradient to the thing. Yeah, th- there's like the middle ground between each thing. You monster. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> so, like, 
I don't know. I just like this movie a lot. It's kind of become a cause celeb for me where it's like, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it, like you say, it's one of those movies that, A, I think is so much better than what its premise promises. Uh, especially, you know, you can imagine that when they did the marketing for this, what'd you probably get? You got them running into poles, the wacky shit with them playing sports, conjoined, well, you know, so the bar fight. too. Like, I mean, it's it's Matt Damon pretty uh, at, towards the height of his powers. Yeah, um, they had that to go off of. Greg Kinnear was pretty well regarded yeah, at the time. I still like Greg Kinnear, but he just doesn't do a whole lot these days. Um, I forget what he's done recently. Uh, but That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be back. Kinnear's good. Yeah. Just like Walt. Uh, Ava Mendes, you said, who was at the... You know that was she was up and coming at the time. Yeah, yeah. She uh, was, uh, Meryl Streep was there. Girl. Cher was there. Cher was there. Uh, you know, Griffin Dunn was there. Yeah, Ben There's Carson was there. All these people just hanging out doing their <laughs> thing. And Ben Carson. Yeah, and Herman Cain. <laughs> Herman Cain. Uh, he was in the background. And now he's dead. He oh. did die. He did. Uh, so no, okay. Uh, I just want to say that. I think, A, like, it's so much better, and you can just imagine every, just every trap and every, like, wrong decision that could be made in making a comedy about conjoined twins, um, and, like, all the ways it could have just been radically insensitive. Yeah, it didn't do it. And it didn't do that, and then, moreover, contrary to what it's marketing heavily displayed, it didn't degrade into this dumb like okay we're not making fun of them but it's going to be like oh they're going to fall down because like you know all the wacky things that can happen when another person is also in control of how you move your body and it's uh, surprisingly refreshingly light on that and then also it's just like nothing in this would indicate what this movie really is which is like a very loving uh, character study uh, about Hollywood. It's a ho- it's like a very gentle Hollywood satire in its way. You know, it's it's making insider jokes about the process, but I think the jokes that it make like feel very knowledgeable to me. Like oh, are we in what's it all about now? No, no, but I'm here. Wait, I just might as well find be. Uh, hey, Brady, what's it all about? Because it seems like we're headed that way. <laughs> what's it all about? It's uh, well, well, it's about a Hollywood. It's a Hollywood story. Is well, what you were saying. That's not. That's not going to be my what's it, what's it about though. I mean, it is that. Uh, one joke that I love, totally accurate, is that Bob. Ooh, that got loud. Yeah, you got much louder. Oh, everything got louder. Everything got louder. Well, that's weird. Mm. Uh, but no, one bit I loved that is totally real to me is Bob and Walt uh, always do the crossword together, and when they're in the East Coast, obviously they're doing the New York Times. And then when they first get to L.A., they're doing a crossword, and Walt's like, damn, I finished this one in like 20 minutes. These are so much easier. And that is so accurate. The L.A. Times crossword is the easiest damn crossword. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. If anyone's a crossword fan out there, New York Times is the gold standard. Yeah, was it the L.A. Times is what he was doing? Yeah, it's basically like digging the, the, the L.A. Times for how easy its crossword a- is. And he couldn't do them towards the end? Well, he always need. That was another way of showing how the rhythm was off, because he always needed Bob to help him with an answer or two. 
Yes. I know, but if it was the LA Times crossword. Yeah, no, still. He still his rhythm must be way off. Way off. Way off. Oh, man. Nothing sadder than floundering at an LA Times crossword. Well, nothing sadder, but also, yeah, that's pretty sad. Uh, no, there, <laughs> are, there are things sadder. Hyperbole. Herman Cain. Herman Cain is sadder and dead. Deader. Yeah, I was... So, Rob, <laughs> what's it all about? Well, it's simply about uh, how sometimes two people complete each other and you can't separate them without uh, having consequences, but those consequences are fine. Okay, that's... Yeah, I like that. Um, here, wait. Mm. Or rather, two people are two sides of the same coin. Uh, and, uh, when you change things, things change, it's, it's difficult, but, you know, you work it out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Doesn't matter how drastic the change, the change could be as simple as moving it across the country, or cutting part of you off. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Change is hard. Change is hard. Yes. Yeah, that's what it's all about, man. That's, that's, that's it. Okay. That's it. I'll, all right, I'm going to go, like, meta on this, because to me, this reads, to me, as the Farrelly Brothers' most personal film. Keep talking. Because the thing about them, and I don't, have a, I don't have a whole lot of, like, detail on this, but one of the big things about the Farrelly Brothers is they are very active in the disabled community. Uh, we didn't mention it in the plot synopsis, but... One of the waiters in Bob and Walt's restaurant is uh, a disabled man, a man with a, a developmental disability uh, named Rocket. And that's his real name and his character name. And, you know, I think yeah, and those people call them all freaks and then they come out and say, throw yeah. this freak out. They yeah. call him a freak and throw him out. And so this movie is about love for people with disabilities who are, you know, not, you know, treated poorly by society, made fun of by society. And what I like about this movie is that it doesn't spend a whole lot of time showing us mean people for the most part. And like, yeah, even, even just to be like, look, this is how disabled people are denigrated, how they're made fun of. Yeah, there's it, no sea bass. Yeah, it doesn't do a whole <laughs> lot of that. It does enough to be like, yo, this exists. You know what I mean by sea bass, right? Uh, no. Kick his ass, sea bass. Uh... The Wait. bat, Dumb and Dumber. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> but mean people. Mean people. There's no mean people. There's no sea bass. There are there are surprisingly few mean people, and one of them is Cher, and she rules, and she becomes nice by the end. You know, there's just like the one shitty boyfriend and the guy who calls them freaks, and a couple agents or uh, movie producers laugh at them. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, though, it's what I would call aspirational. It's kind of like them saying like this is how it should be just like you don't need to be mean to someone because of their disability and we're not gonna spend our time considering all the ways the disabled aren't treated right we're gonna give them a movie where disability is featured and even celebrated and we're gonna cast disabled people in our movie and give them roles and let them be funny well I, I mean I don't think it was so much featured or celebrated it was basically just Hey, man, uh, look, this person has what they call a disability, but they're just normal people. 
Right, and I think that's like a good representation thing. It's like, and granted, like they aren't real conjoined twins. I I know, like you know, they haven't gone so far as to actually cast conjoined twins in their movie, but they are featuring a movie where the disability gets to be very secondary, and yeah. they get to tell a very specific and. Uh, okay, I might I might be unheard. Yeah, uh, a very specific and very character-driven story, where I don't know. Just this movie has a palpable love of the disabled, and I know that resonates in the kind of charity work and outreach work that the Fairley brothers do. I know they've had disabled people in other movies, like something about Mary. And so yeah, I, I think that's what it's about. It's it's about them making a movie that bridges the two things that they know, which is. Being in Hollywood and, um, you know, making life better for people with disabilities. Absolutely. Um, But, you know, my whole thought on it was, yeah, you can't get all the credit because, you know, you can't, uh, you didn't cast Conjoined Twins. I know, but at the very least... But you know me, I've always hated like that logic. It's like, come on, it's a bunch of people in Hollywood. It's, they're full of, it's just full of stars. They just always cast the cream of the yeah. crop it's part of the marketing it's part of the this that i know th- there's a nuanced conversation that even that i'm not even like educated enough to have of like you know like when when it's okay to um let someone who doesn't have a certain trait about them play a part uh you know which is like obviously completely forbidden when it comes to race like you wouldn't want to do that yeah uh and you know there, there's a continuum uh there's yeah. a continuum, and the goal lines move all the time. You'll yes. never get it right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just... I, I love that they have... Um, and they've done this in the past, actually, even with... what's This isn't a good movie, but the one with uh, Johnny Knoxville, The Ringer, where he pretends to be disabled for the Special Olympics. And, like, that is not a good movie. That's kind of a bad movie. But one thing that was good that movie had is the Farrelly's were like, yo, so we want to use this opportunity to show you a band that we really like that's all cast with people who are, you know, mentally disabled. And it's like, and it wasn't just like, just to show it. It was like, no, no, we think this band is really cool. Check these guys out. Like, they're disabled and they're making this cool, like, fun music. They be rocking. Yeah, and, and the same way here with uh, featuring two conjoined country singers to sing the end credits song. It's like... I don't know. It just feels, it feels empathetic to people with disabilities without ever looking down on them. It's just like, yo, we know a lot of cool people, like in our work with the disabled community, and we want to give you a chance to see some of them. Absolutely, that's just what's going on. And as far as the audio goes, don't worry about it. It's not actually the thing. Just consider your headphones as a way to hear the. Uh, the okay. The, the music. So, something's weird going on. I think it's with the amp, so it's our monitoring, not the recording. I hope. <laughs> At any rate, um, Metacritical? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's do Metacritical. Okay. A Metacritical Rob's never gonna win A Metacritical Brady's the victor again Woo-hoo. So 
know it's time to play I'm gonna lose today Metacritical, yeah, it's time Time to play Alright, let's do that thing. Let's do that thing where we get four movies and we try to guess their Metacritic skills, scores. Five. Fine, we'll do five. It's gotta be an odd number, does it? Fine. Fine, Brady. That's just fine. Okay? Just fine. Keep rigging the game. Keep rigging the game. Keep rigging the game. Keep rigging the game. So I think you should go first. Okay. I will go first. And what I'm going to do to go first is go ahead and say that... It's difficult when we can't tell if we're being recording. But we're just going to have to assume that we are. I'm going to take my headphones off, okay? Okay. There. You should do the same. Oh, uh, I feel I fear that if I take mine off, it will not. The mic will go with it. Okay. I'm okay. Cool. Well, I'm either gonna blow myself out or something. Nope, it's just phasing in, phasing out. I don't know what's going on. I think it's the headphone hand. Um. So I'm supposed to pick a Metacritic thing. Yeah. That's what's supposed to happen. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and pick. Uh. Ghostbusters, what do you want? Uh, wi- uh, which Ghostbusters? The first one. The first one. From 1989. Okay. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. Very cool. Am I cool? Am I good, bro? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. <coughs> so, do I go? Yeah? Yes. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, you go. I'm going to say a 73. 73? My God, it's got to be higher than that. Is 73 good in Metacritic land or something? It is. It's a solid score. You're not a critical smash, but you are well-reviewed. Shit. Are you sure? Yep. I know it's weird. Okay. I'm gonna say that he's got an 80. Okay. God, I think it should be better than that. It's not fair. It's not well, fair, man. What did you give it when we re- reviewed it? I thought you gave it like a B plus or something. Yeah, that would be like 88 or something. No, see, that's where 73 is like a B plus on Metacritic. Yeah, fuck that. We all went to school. You can't be changing the rubrics <laughs> now. Now I got to think. And okay, Ghostbusters, what do you want? 71. All right. Damn you. I guess I lost nine. That's not terrible. Hmm. All right, Brady, your turn. You're rolling. Your turn to pick a thing of Bob. Okay, Ghostbusters. That has... Scurny Weaver. Why don't I go uh, Working Girl? Melanie Griffith? Griffith? Uh, Yeah, Melanie Griffith. Um... 64. Okay, okay. I'm going to go with 82. Okay, let's see what the working girl is. Working girl is 73. Okay. Oh, wait, is it? Yes. Yes, it is. 73 is the answer. Uh, Alright, I think we both got a 9 on that one. Well, shit, that doesn't put me ahead then, does it? No, but you didn't lose anything. 
And it's your turn to pick. Okay, fine. Uh, the second Batman. Batman. It's before. Um, it's before Batman Returns. What's it called? Batman. No, there's Batman. Then there's the one with the Penguin and Catwoman. That's Returns. Is it Batman Returns? Mm -hmm. Okay, Batman Returns. Okay. That's the one I'm gonna go with. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go like a 63. 63, eh? 65. Okay. I gain two points on that. I'm gonna do you it a little bit by little bullsy. bit. Batman Returns. Batman Returns. Uh, 68. Okay. Well, you gain on that one. Just barely. Two points. I don't know. This is pretty close. I know. There's got to be a blowout. A blowout. A blowout. What have we done? Three? Three. We've done three. Your turn. Okay. Danny DeVito. What you doing, Danny DeVito? Let's see. I could go Pfeiffer, too. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I mixed Melanie Griffith, uh, Griffith and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oops. <laughs> they both got... I mixed it when I was saying it there for a second, too. Melanie Griffith. <laughs> mm, okay. Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. I'm going to piggyback off DeVito. Oh, what's the one I just saw? The comedy. Oh, come on. Where's my brain? What's Where the one is your brain? You know the one I'm talking about? What's the one with? Oh, uh, War of the Roses. That's War of the Roses? War of, War of the Roses. Okay. I know these guys, the Roses. That's Danny DeVito. It's bad. Did you have to pick that one? <laughs> War yeah. of the Roses. There's there's several of those, aren't there? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, what year is it from? Uh, 89. I okay. It's got Michael Douglas. Married couple fighting. 68. Yeah, okay, that, that actually sounds like a pretty good yes um I'll go like a 72 okay it might not be in there it's always possible it oh. is in there it is 73 Ooh. oh wait no this is a video game <laughs> the war of the roses video game different different thing more of the roses. Oh, there it is. 79, actually. Damn. That, that. Alright, Dangerous Minds. Okay. Pfeiffer. Do you want to tell me what this is all about? Your guess. Dangerous Minds. Uh, I don't think that's very she well. She never reviewed. shoots pool. But it was in the preview. I'm going to go with a 50. 50? Fifty. It was an improper pull shot in the preview too. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, forty-two. Okay. All right. Can I make up those seventeen points or whatever? Dangerous minds. What did I say? Forty-two. Shit. What is? Forty-seven. It? Ah. I thought maybe I got it dead on. All right, you got no. the tally. You got the tally. Hold on. You got the tally. Hold you on. Got the tally. Hold on. You got the tally. Put on the pile. 
Uh, yeah, it's real close. I mean, pretty no, close. No, it's not. All right, you got a 37. That's a good score. Yeah, and you got 20. 26. 26. Well, here we go. A Metacritical. Fuck you. Indeed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Uh, okay. Do you have more to say about this movie, or do you want to go figure out what we're doing next week? Um, I don't know. I just, I think it is good um, and very kind-hearted and is kind of one of my classic examples of, of you know, I it just try to think of a movie that's just like, better than its reputation suggests because i don't i don't get enough of those and and you know people who aren't as like uh strictly critical minded as me you know like and not to say that my taste is better but like i know people who are more like they love movies that don't have very good reviews well the girls kind of walked in and were, were like like this is a stupid movie isn't it and I was like, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. It it makes me feel like less of a, a critical automaton to have the movie where I'm like, actually, this thing like barely got passing reviews, but it's actually really, really good. And it's well acted. And so, I don't know. I, I like having those. Uh, I'm going to try to think of more well, of those I as we go on. I think review-wise, it was pretty much among all the other Farrelly Brothers movies. It. 54-ish or whatever. The, there's one... 54 is bad. I mean, I know, but they were all around 54 or 57. That can't be the case for something I, about I, Mary. I was, I was looking at them. Uh, Give, put, bring up there's something I about will. Mary. I, I know there's, that there's something about Mary and blah, blah, blah. Here, I'll show you in a second, but let me finish my point. Oh, yeah, no, no. Uh, there was one that was um, worse, and uh, it, it was there are many worse. closer to recent... God damn it! Wh- what do they do a couple of years back? Oh, the the Dumb and Dumber. Two. Oh yeah, that's Dumb and yeah. Well, and say it isn't so, we'll have terrible reviews. Indeed, but um, I will show you the record in a little bit. Anyway, uh, I was just saying that critically, it wasn't really so far off the mark from their other things. What were you saying? Uh oh. <laughs> I was just saying I thought that at least there's something about Mary would have good reviews. Yeah, no, it was okay. That was in the 67s or something like that. Okay. Anyway, go. Uh, I interrupted you. You can finish your point. Oh, no. Well, yeah, just that um, it, it makes me feel good to have kind of like my scrappy underdog movie where I'm like, it, you know, almost like it's like the uh, movie equivalent of knowing about like the little shitty hole-in-the-wall restaurant in a neighborhood and being like, yo, like, everyone knows obviously about the four-star places, but check this place out. People don't know that it's as good as it is, but it's actually really, really good. That's the feeling I get with Stuck on You. And, uh, and it's nice. It's, it's a good feeling as a movie watcher to have your own personal little, your little pet that you're like, you know, I'm fond of this guy. He might not look like much, but... He's got more going on under the the hood than you would think. Yeah, I mean, like, it wasn't like a stellar movie or anything. It was just good, and it was like, okay, I'm fine with this. Everything's okay, and and things are nice. It It was all right there. Yeah, and you know, like, I feel like they're... Even the filmmaking is taking more of, like, a Kevin Smithy indie dramedy feel when I think of how, like, it opens, and it's just kind of... 
it's just them waking up and shots of Martha's Vineyard and Pixie's songs. And for better or worse, I think the kind of filmmaking in this movie paves the way to Peter Farrelly making something like Green Book, where it's like, all right, I'm done, not done, but I'm doing less like wacky humor. I want to make human scale, intimate, small sized stories. Yeah, I get you. Uh, on the computer, I can't pull up the view I wanted oh, okay. to. I was looking on my phone, and then when you look up filmography, you just get to go th- and right next to each one as the tomatoes and the Metacritic score. This viewpoint does not. I cannot show you in the way. That's okay. That's that okay. I was Well, um, I'm going to call you out. Call me out. I'm going to call you out. You've never seen Citizen Kane. I've never. Oh, we should do that next week. Yeah, and then I can see Mank and know what the hell is going on. Oh, did we just pick it? Uh, oh, can we just do that? Yeah. I mean, it seems yeah, like we, we did. Just we did. We did. Oh, we're doing Citizen Kane next Citizen week? Citizen Kane. Okay. Um, <laughs> I figured you were going to be considered like... Considered by many the best movie ever made. Well, it's up there on the AFI list and all that stuff and... Dibbity-doo and blah 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 Yeah, it was number one on the BFI for many years... Uh, about ten years back, was unseated by Vertigo. Vertigo, which I also have not seen. I've I'm missing out on a lot of classics. No doubt you are. Lest I ever get too big of a head on my opinion about film, I have not seen a whole lot of films that are mandatory viewing. Okay, well, uh, do you have anything else you want to say, or should we just tell everybody they should join us next week for that? Um, do I have anything else I want to say? No. No, I think we said it all. Yeah, I think we we said it. Well, very good. Thank you for being here, Brady. Thank oh, wait, you. you live here. I live here, on yes. this futon. In a studio. In a studio. <laughs> no. But I, I get a star with my name on the door, so that... Makes it all No, worthwhile. actually, I needed to melt that down and sell it. Not my star! Well, we got to pay the studio rent somehow. All right, ready? Ready. For three, two, one, theme song. Yes? Uh, oh, three, two, one, Meryl Streep theme <laughs> song. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's a lot like that in real life. So nice. Carnivorous couch, shit happens once a week. It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep. It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak. Carnivorous couch, with Brady and Rob. I don't know, we shouldn't even be discussing this. <laughs>